Welcome to St. Martin in the Fields and welcome to Great Sacred Music and in particular welcome to those joining us online. Today is the feast day of St. Michael, the Archangel. Uh, putting together a kind of character profile of St. Michael is quite a challenge. Uh, what you need to know is that there was a great deal of apocalyptic literature that was written in the 200 years before Christ and the 200 years after the birth of Christ. By apocalyptic literature, I mean literature that uh, talks in often graphic, sometimes lurid terms, uh, about the full revelation uh, of the full workings of God. A bit like if you go behind the TV and see the spaghetti around the back. It's, uh, it's the it's the discovery of what really goes on in heaven and what will be fully revealed at the end time. And the angels figure in quite a significant way in that. So Daniel is perhaps the last book of the Old Testament to be written. And uh, Michael appears as a protector of Israel in Daniel. Then the book of Revelation, most obviously Michael and the angels fight against the dragon and his angels. Uh, the book of Jude, uh, a lesser known book in the New Testament, refers to Michael as an archangel fighting the devil. Uh, and then in the fifth century, several years later, the great theologian Basil, the great Basil of Caesarea, makes Michael the primary archangel. So he gets to the very top table of um, non-divine and yet heavenly beings. So there are all kinds of things <coughs> that Michael uh, gets up to uh, in uh, subsequent speculation and theological reflection. Most famously, he, he weighs souls in his heavenly scales uh, and gives them a last chance to redeem themselves uh, before, uh, after they die. Uh, he's also the patron saint of a number of cities and countries. But the one person you shouldn't uh, get him mixed up with is the St. Michael brand on your Marks and Spencer uh, bag. No, uh, no angels were involved in the making of that bag. Uh, it was uh, the St. Michael brand is honoring Michael Marks, the co-founder of the organization over, over 100 years ago now. Well, we, it's our tradition at Great Sacred Music to begin with a hymn that we all sing together. If you don't have a sheet, you can find one in the center aisle towards the back. Um, we're going to sing Ye Holy Angels Bright, which was written in 1681 by the Puritan divine Richard Baxter. Now, Richard Baxter was a brave man because when uh, the Civil War came to an end, the Protectorate, the Commonwealth came to an end in 1660 and Charles II became king. Uh, Anglicanism, I suppose as we know it today, was created and you, part of being Anglicanism is you didn't really get to be a nonconformist anymore after all the breakaway uh, groups of the Civil War period. Uh, but he remained a Presbyterian after 1660, which is quite a brave thing to do. But he claimed he always worked for the unity of the church. Uh, and there's been quite an interesting reflection on that in the last few weeks because of the prominence of Anglicanism in the funeral and the marking of the passing of Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. But by not, uh, by not being an Anglican, of course, what Richard Baxter was saying is he didn't recognize the primacy of Charles II. Uh, anyway, he wrote this hymn, Ye Holy Angels Bright. It's a classic of the period of the um, 
uh, Michaelmas period, this period when we celebrate St. Michael and All Angels, we remain seated. You can find it on the inside of your sheets. The voices will stand and lead us as we sing, Ye Holy Angels Bright. We're now going to hear a couple of longer pieces associated with this season. Um, in a moment, we're going to hear a sequence for St. Michael. Uh, this was written uh, by Herbert Howells, and the significance is enhanced when you remember that Herbert Howells' son, Michael, died at the age of, I think, nine. Uh, only a couple of years before this was written. So in some ways, it's a lament for his son Michael, uh, remixed as, uh, as a hymn to the Archangel Michael. It comes in three sections, this piece. It, the central one is a beautiful tenor solo, which mirrors the word censer of gold. The heart of the poem lies in the words, then there was a great silence in heaven and a thousand thousand saying glory to the Lord King. And what Howells does with this text is he begins with the word thousand thousands like a quiet rumor with the basses and tenors, placing the sopranos and altos above like hovering angels. Before that, we're going to hear uh, uh, Orlando Gibbons' setting of the more familiar Te Deum. 
but just to put this in theological context, uh, the whole notion of angels is, uh, is understandable because it comes out of the notion of, a, of the holiness of God, that nobody has seen God, that you can't see God's face and live, that whole tradition coming out of the Old Testament. Uh, and yet it becomes, and so, so the angels become messengers that are, that are interactors between the very holy God and uh, fallen humanity. But then when you get the New Testament and when you get Jesus as the messenger, if you like, from God, that comes from the heart of God, when you get the Holy Spirit as the constant to and fro between, uh, between God and humanity, then you, you've, it becomes problematic what we do with angels. Uh, angels in the Te Deum are very clearly in the hierarchy of beings, and you'll hear in just a moment, we have a whole hierarchy of the heavenly host. And the Te Deum, in a sense, organizes the universe around God's throne. But if we have Christ and the Holy Spirit, as Christians believe, that the role of angels becomes somewhat problematic. But they still live in great sacred music. So let's enjoy them for all their worth.
Well, it's time for us to sing again now, and as we do so, we plunge straight into the organ wars of the mid-19th century. Uh, what used to happen was that all the minstrels used to accompany church music, and they would go up in the, uh, in the loft at the west end of the church. They would often have been playing in the local in, uh, inns and taverns on the Saturday night, and sometimes they wouldn't have slept because their exertions were so great if you know what I mean, uh, which meant they got a rather rep bad reputation uh, for some of their antics during services. And in fact, the phrase face the music is uh, uh, believed to have come from, from when the priest got up to face what lay in front of him, of course, in those days, in the way of musicians. And so there was a great movement to clear these musicians out and replace them with organs, uh, new technology, uh, but then that presented a problem with all great reformers. You've got rid of the minstrels, you've got rid of the chaos, but there's no decent hymns to sing that are best accompanied by the organ. So there was a rapid uh, movement of composing hymns that went very well on the organ, and we're going to sing one of them, written in 1861 by Francis uh, Pott. And uh, the tune, Angel Voices, written specially for it by another friend uh, of Francis called E.G. Monk. It's a hymn that begins by celebrating the ceaseless and eternal praise of heaven, and then we get a rhetorical question. <clears throat> if uh, God is worshipped unceasingly by the angelic host in heaven, will God accept the praise of what the hymn calls sinful man? And the rest of the hymn answers that question emphatically, yes. So we remain uh, seated, the voices stand and lead us, angel voices ever singing.
coming towards the end of Great Sacred Music for this week. If you've enjoyed it, I hope you have. There's an opportunity to make a donation uh, as you leave in any of a, of a hundred different ways, cash, cards, swipe, text, website, the whole deal, no excuses. Uh, and you can do that uh, as you leave the church to help us continue this great tradition at St. Martin's. Do look out on the back of the sheets for the next choral classics uh, on Sunday afternoon at 3.15 and the next great sacred music will be St. Francis of Assisi coinciding with his uh, feast at the beginning of October. We're going to finish uh, with a vibrant rendition of uh, When the Saints Go Marching In. Again, this is, this is classic angel territory from the book of Revelation. Uh, the verses about the sun and the moon are often interpreted as solar and lunar eclipses. Uh, the trumpet is the way in which the last judgment is announced. But most of all, this is a, a glorious uh, celebration of uh, the confidence of faith as a march to heaven. Thanks for joining us.